Couch Wisdom. Couch Wisdom. Hey, this is Jordan Rothline from Red Bull Music Academy. Welcome to Couch Wisdom, Red Bull Radio's podcast presenting the best of RBMA's lecture archive. Since the early 90s, the reclusive Madlib has been producing music at a relentless pace. Whether he's working with artists like Freddie Gibbs, MF Doom, or Erica Badu, collaborating with the late Jay Dilla, or working under one of his own aliases, like the drugged-out party creature Quasimodo, Madlib has carved out his own idiosyncratic corner in the massive hip-hop universe. Luckily, we were able to coax him out of his studio for this episode of Couch Wisdom, taken from a rare discussion at the Red Bull Music Academy Festival New York in 2016, about Prince, the importance of doing taxes, the death of his Quasimodo alter ego, collaborating with Kanye West, and his love of industrial music. If you want to learn more about the Academy, please stay tuned after the lecture. For now, enjoy this bit of Couch Wisdom. So won't you please welcome Madlib. So, um, welcome to New York. How often do you get here, actually? Does it, does it still have any kind of... Uh, I mean, I know you travel the world, but does New York have like a, a special place for you at all anymore? I mean, you've seen so many places. Nah, man. <laughs> yeah, I love New York, man. Uh, I mean, all the producers that came from here, I, I grew up on all that type of shit, like yeah. Lars Professor, a lot of people. What um? What do you remember the first time you you came here as like sort of a young, uh, young artist, even just sort of painting yeah. dudes coming through here in New York? I did Bobito spot like that was one of the first shows I did. Eyes closed the whole time, rapping with Lupac and shit. Like, right. Old days. Little 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 case of the nerves or huh? <laughs> little case of the nerves. Then nah, I just rap like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. What uh, what do you think? Uh, I mean, what do you think of your sort of world travels as far as like how that's influenced you? I mean, you know, you have all of these sort of beat conductor projects where you know you take on like a, a different sound from a different part of the globe. You know, what is it when you visit these places or just visit th- visit them through your music for through the records? You know, yeah, it's, man- it- it's mainly through records because a lot of places I haven't visited. But I get bored with music, and so y'all know that already. So I, I just listen to all types of different things and try to find something good in every genre because it's possible. Yeah. How did you sort of first get hip to, to sounds from different places? Uh, messing with my man, Egon. We used to live in a house together, me, Wolf, Egon, and Jeff Jank. And we yeah. just trade different records and music and things. Okay. And like, so what was sort of the first first part of the world that sort of captivated you? Brazil. Yeah, I think the the last time you said you did one of these was in 2002 for RBMA. Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't talk in front of people. Yeah. I don't talk talk around my friends. Like, we got sign language and shit, me and Kareem Riggins. (laughs) Well, we're we're simulcasting this on radio, so the the sign language thing will go over really well, so. (laughs) But, um, um, yeah, in 2002, I remember you guys, it was you, Egon, Cut Chemist, a bunch of other guys coming down, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess you did a little bit of record shopping then, too. Yeah, that huh? changed my life. Like, I bought three boxes of records. Yeah. First time I went out there, actually, 
two boxes didn't make it back to the U.S. What happened? They don't know. Two boxes of rare joints. Okay. Okay. So. Maybe Egon has something to do with that. I don't know. Um, and you spend a lot of that time in your room, actually, working, working on beats and stuff, too, right? Still do. Yeah. Nothing changed. Well, you're originally from California, of course. Oxnard. Yeah. Um, I'd like to revisit something, not from your past, because I know you, you, you don't like to hear your own music. You just yeah, told me that. Yeah, I don't want to hear this. All right, but this is, this is related to you. Um, this sort of ease us into this. Um, let's listen to a piece of this, and you tell me what this is, and maybe you can describe what it is for everybody. That's my pops. And that's, that's Otis Jackson. Yeah, I remember looking at that record and thinking I wanted to make records and stuff. So this is from what, the 70s? Yeah, 70s, so thereabouts? 74. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, this is a, a song that uh, um, it's kind of a rare soul rec recording, yeah. kind of a collect collectible thing. When did you kind of first become aware that, you know, your uh, dad my, was doing My pops stuff? had me at the studio since I was born. Like, that's why I got into music. Yeah. I got always let me go up on the controls and just mess with stuff. Engineers get mad, but he'd be like, let the nigga, the brother do this. Just mess with stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's how I learned. So was there a studio in the house or yeah. was it, yeah? Of course. Had the uh, tapes, you know, the old tape machines and things. Mm -hmm. And your mother was also down with, with, with the music in some capacity? One more time. Your mother was also doing music? Yeah, she wrote capacity. all his music. Okay. What, what was her My mother was, was her a role? pianist. Like, Crazy piano. She wrote all this music and stuff. So, I mean, what did it mean to you to to grow up in a in a musical household? I mean, not just sort of learning stuff immediately. I didn't think about it. I'm strictly music, so it's just in me. I don't think about it. Did you think about it in terms of just like you know what you were doing as opposed to like your friends? I mean, you know, as far as like. Nah, I hung out with musicians too. Right? I only hung out with dudes like-minded. Everybody thought I was crazy where I lived. Now everybody likes me over there. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, was it cool to you? Like, it's kind of one of these things where, like, your parents put out records, were doing cool things. Uh, did you think they were cool when you were a kid? Yes. You yes, did. yes, yeah, yeah. So right or straight up, right away, you <laughs> yeah. were like, my parents Yeah, cool. they, bought, they bought all the equipment for me to do what I do. Like, you know what I mean, early, early age. Okay. All right, good. Um, because I'm just sort of wondering, like, you have kids now. Like, do your kids think you're cool? No. Nah. <laughs> no, nah, I'm playing. Yeah, I'm the coolest in the world to my kids. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Um, when did you sort of, uh, when did you sort of get in trouble? Like, I remember you telling me this once. You <laughs> kind of got in trouble once with your pops, right? Um, with the equipment. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what happened? Nah, he bought me an oh no, this studio that we work, work at, you know. And we had a party one night. And he was like, okay, y'all can do whatever y'all do, but don't sit at my table, don't sit in my chair. Like, we had weed all on the table, like girls, <laughs> like upstairs like that, girls up over there, and Pops walked in. You know, you know what happened. <laughs> he walked out and talked to me outside, it was all good. He understood, because he lived that life, but you know. Oh well, got my ass beat, but it was still cool. Well, what about when you were trying out his equipment? I, I, I feel like you, you had some experiments with like the, the styluses and 
had to make up your own. Is that is that yeah, yeah, yeah. what happened with that? I used to put little pins like uh, under the shit, so you can just hear it without speakers or whatever. You just hear the music on the record. I still have those records. They all fucked up. Like, you know, like, so that so you put it. So you put a pin instead of a, a yeah, record yeah. record like, like player little, needle. Yes, yeah. sir. Okay, makes sense. You know. I had to hear the music. That's the only way I could hear the music. You know. Um, so when did uh, when did oh well? Let me ask you this. So Ono is your brother, right? Yeah. So what's your brother's government name? <laughs> you don't like that. <laughs> his, his government name is. Woo! <laughs> Michael Jackson. So what was it like having a brother named Michael Jackson growing up? I don't. <laughs> he was cool. I ain't worried about no names. Like we was. We we were kind of the same, you know what I mean? So we got along. So when did I mean, what was the first thing that drew you to music then? Like that you heard that it was you know really inspiring to you? Was it your dad's records or was it some just stuff you mm, played? As far as hip hop, Rappers Delight. I ain't gonna front. Like Rappers Delight was the first song I heard. Where I was like, oh, you can take that beat and do something over it, you know? So I started just collecting records after that, like old records. But at the time, I mean, you know, and I, I hate to make these like generalizations in terms of like East Coast versus West Coast, but I mean, was there, were you cognizant like that some of the records that you were into were coming from like New York versus hip hop? Yeah, LA? but I don't, I don't think about it. Other people thought about it when I was playing all that stuff. I just like what I like, and that's that. Like, because I mean, they sampling records that were recorded in the West Coast, or you know, it don't really matter, you know. So I just like good music, that's all. So what were some of the artists and rec records that sort of inspired you, besides Rapper's Delight after that? As far as hip hop? Yeah. Uh, let me see, Marley Maul Productions, Paul C, rest in peace, uh, DJ Pooh from the West Coast, Dr. Dre, the old Dr. Dre type of stuff where he was sampling breaks and shit, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was, were you aware of what sampling was at that time? I mean, did you did you have an idea what they were doing? Yeah, yeah, sampling. I was sampling when I was in junior high, like me and DJ Rome's. Okay. DJ Rome's gave me my first sampler, like the little Casio joint. Okay. I walked far to just go borrow that shit, just to borrow for a day and make a beat tape or whatever in a day. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, just to sort of set the stage as far as the era goes. Like, how did you find out about music? I mean, how did you, I mean, there was no internet, obviously. There was no MTV raps yet. You know, how did you find out about stuff? Record shops. Yeah. I was always in record stores, and my pops had a bunch of records, too. So, so that's, just that's my first that. crate. My pops crate was my first crate. Okay. And that was in the crate, actually. Oh, okay. I did a little research here. I'm going to see if I can play a piece of That was of one this. of my first records I had. Okay. What, so you're you're a kid. You're hearing this. You're hearing the JBs stuff like this. What's going through your mind at the time? It's funky. I was into funky shit. Ohio players, JBs, all that type of, you know, it's funky shit. And you know, as far as the first crew goes, you, you mentioned Rome's. You know, was it a feeling that? if you were into hip hop at the time, it was kind of like not the thing that everybody else was into yet, or was it? You know? Yeah, from where I'm from, yeah. dudes was shooting and gangbanging, so I was looking weird with a clock on my shit and a bobcat hat, all that type of shit. Like, 
I was following Public Enemy, all that type of stuff. I mean, well, you just sort of mentioned the gang activity. I mean, what was going on in Oxnard at the time? Oh, just Mexican black crime, like black on black and Mexicans shooting each other. Were your parents concerned about um, what was happening in the streets? Nah, I ain't into that shit. I just do music, stay in my room. That's, that's about it. Kinda so live. So how, um, and I know we're going a little bit biographical here, but I just wanted to get an idea of when you, when you met Wolf, you know, how, how did you guys get on? Like, how, how did you sort of decide that? Man, fuck Wolf. Okay, okay. Um, but oh, man, that's my home. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my homie. He set it up. That's why that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I mean, you 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 <laughs> we used to live together. We all used to. <laughs> You've talked about that time as you know pretty special. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, thinking back. What are sort of the, some of the things that kind of stand out to you, just in terms of I don't nah, know? Not even, not he just even... allowed me to do what I want to do. He paid for, well, you know, I rent vibraphones and all types of instruments and things, and he was like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Anything I said I want to do, he he was with it." Like, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. So I just had that freedom. You know, I didn't have the money. He had the money. And I, you know. What was uh like? You mentioned the instruments, but like, what sort of stuff were were you guys accumulating? Oh man. Just, I was doing jazz stuff. Like I, I started out doing hip hop stuff with him, and I was like, I just want to do jazz stuff. And I just started running instruments, and he was with it. They didn't understand at first, but yeah. How how long did it take for him to sort of see see a vision of what was going on? I mean, he just when I said I wanted to do it, he was like, okay, do it, and I just did it. And... Um, when you sit down and you, I mean, because you still obviously do the jazz stuff, um, you know, yesterday's new quintet, um, all of these different different musicians who uh, under whose names these these projects come out. <laughs> um, what's what's the process like? I mean, what's what's your when you sit down? How does it start? What do you usually start with? Well, it used to be I just try to replay the records that I liked. You know, I just uh, listen to a record and then filter the bass line out and then just play over that and then add, keep adding things and adding things. Then I learn the right music and then I do it different. Like, you know. And how long did it take you to sort of, uh, you know, build it, like one, one particular mm, track usually? I, it's just, I was good from the start. I mean, I don't, I'm not a soloist, but I can put things together and make, make something. Like, you know. I mean, one of the things, like, especially with jazz, but I guess any instrumental music is always kind of an interaction between the players, but you're like the only player. So how do yeah, you, that's, how do that's you? what you think, like you can do, it can go anyway. Like people think it has to be one way, but you can do it however you do it. Like. But I'm saying, how are you able to, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like how are you able to sort of like play off something that you're not necessarily hearing uh, yet? You know what? I don't even think about it. Like I just do it. That's the problem. I can't articulate. I don't, I don't think about it. Like I just do it. Like, you know. So, let's let's sort of say, for example, you're gonna sit down and you're gonna. Um, this is a day you're gonna create some music. Like, what's a typical every day? So, let's say it's a typical day. What 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 might it be like if you were gonna walk us through it? Like, what would that day be like? 
uh, my day has no start because I don't really sleep too much. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I may sleep uh, two hours a night. Like, you know what I mean? And then two hours might be at 3 p.m. or, I mean, it's, it's always different. So I'm just creating music constantly, kind of. Like, you know, is that, is that in the studio or at home or both? It's at home in the studio. How is it with the kids and like working, <laughs> making music at home? Just put them headphones on and give them the iPad and I do what I do. <laughs> iPad is the greatest thing. Like as far as kids, like, whew, thank you. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> All right, yeah, because I mean, I can't even make a phone call or send an email yeah, when my kids yeah, are around. Yeah, nah, I mean, <laughs> They be running around, but I just shut off for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke some weed, shut off. Yeah. Um, when um, you they know, they know I do music, so they don't mess with me too much. They cool with it, like yeah. But I mean, are they are they curious at all yet? I mean, oh they... yeah, they're like buy some speakers. I'm always doing shit in headphones. Yeah. They're like just buy some speakers so we can hear what you're doing. Like, and do they do they prefer like? The sample stuff or the live stuff or what's what's their like do they have any sort of differentiation between them? I have no idea. Yeah. The favorite thing they like is J Lib shit. Like Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I know. I'm lucky. Yeah. Not not the quad stuff yet? Are they down with oh, quads? Yeah. No, they love quads. The high voice is like messed up all my dolls, like wrote on them and shit. <laughs> I was Which, collecting them but the Quasimodo dolls. Yeah, yeah. So what did they what did they do? I brought them home to just put up to collect, you know, and collect them. Shit's got writing all over them and like, arm missing kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, now you've talked about Quasimodo as far as like you know your sort of idea of how it how it came about. Can you kind of just just for the sake of refreshing people's memory, can you kind of give us a quick? It came about because I don't like my voice when I rap. They said I sound like Barry White. So I had to like do something to make it sound where I like it. I don't, I don't like my regular voice, so I just had to zone out in many ways. You know, I don't advise this, but I, I took some shrooms and just bugged down, tried to think of something different, and that shit came about. But I never intended to put it out, so just did it for me to just listen to. I do a lot of stuff just for me to listen to. Like, so that who so that Wolf hear it or Egon heard it? Wolf heard it. And, and what did he say to you? Let's make some money. <laughs> I mean, that's a little a, bit of money. That says a lot about these guys too. That they would hear that and think that okay, we're gonna. I know. I was like, with that, really? Like, okay. And best-selling record. One of them. One of them. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I'm just kind of curious because. Um, I always wondered, like, obviously that's, that's the inception of this idea um, from your own experience, but, like, did you ever listen to, like, Prince's stuff and, like, listen to, you know, how yeah. he did stuff with the voices? Did that have any There's play There's plenty it? of artists before all of us that did that in, like, the 50s, 60s, 50s and 60s and 70s. Like, a lot of artists. A lot. Like, I didn't start nothing. Like, Prince didn't start nothing. It was, it was already happening. Just while we're on the topic, real quick, I mean... Rest in peace. Yeah, shit. rest in peace, obviously. Um, you know, have you been going through your, your Prince music just sort of like since like the last week and a half, just kind of going back uh, at all? I mean... Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
tried to make a little tribute beat tape and I just made for myself. Like, uh, uh, crazy stuff. Wow. Yeah, I love Prince. Which albums or which tracks, like, sort of have been your favorites? I'm just wondering. I mean, the early stuff. 89 and before. Yeah. That's just me, though. Yeah. Well, a lot of us. I mean, you know. Ballad of Dorothy Parker, Lady Cab Driver, Controversy album, all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's work. Absolutely. And did you, when you made your beat tape, did you sample Prince and stuff? Or yeah, it's it? all Prince. Yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right, well, you know, you can slide that to me later. <laughs> yeah, you, right, cool. you can have it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I mean, do you think of yourself as one of these guys who's keeping sample-based music alive? I mean, you know, I, I, people like to people like to sort of peg you that way. I but, started out doing that, and that's just what I'm doing. Like, yeah. regardless of who's suing me or who, whatever, I'm just that's what I grew up on. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. I also make music too, so it doesn't really matter. But I mean, you know, what what do you think the appeal is of sampling? I mean, I uh, I love me, it as a listener. For me, I just yeah. like that certain vibe from the sixties, seventies and eighties, you know what I mean? That's all it is. Like I like a certain sound and I just that's what I deal with. That's yeah. what I grew up on, so Yeah. Everybody don't have to like it, but that's just what I do. I mean, you know, it's it's like you said, sort of suggested. I mean, I'm sure it's caused you some headaches too. Yeah, but it's hard to sample and it's hard to make music, so it doesn't really matter. Like, you, as long as you try to do both, it really yeah. don't matter. Like, Let's uh, try to act like sampling's not music, but it's hard to do correctly. Like, dude, just loop that shit up. That's my sound. Like, I'm a loop digger, so I, I just want to leave it like that. Just make it dirtier than what it was. People don't really understand. Some people don't really understand. That. Yeah, but I think you're being a little bit modest here too, because that's not just looping. I, mean, I chopped it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm the loop digger, so. What you expect, man? Yeah. Like, go listen to that if you want to hear that. Like, yeah. But I mean, you know, I just, what I love about what you do is like, they, there are these little chops, like you suggest, like you just mentioned, just sort of intermingling with, with the rest of the loop. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, plenty of people do this and do it well, but I mean, is there a internal rhythm, you know, that you, it's in your head as far as like where you decide to place things? You know, I know you don't. It's natural. Yeah. Like, if you sit there and think about it too much, the shit probably whack. Like, you just have to be natural and the roots of the shit. You just do it and that's that. Like, you know. Yeah. You sit there and polish your shit for a week. I don't know about all that shit. Like, that's cool for y'all, but I don't know about it. What, do you feel like, I mean, this is Junie Morrison, by the way, which is... Um, Respected Junie Morrison. Yeah, which he was one of the... Parliament. Funkadelic. Yeah. Uh, Ohio players. Yes, damn um, punk. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you know, you hear this track to me, and you're able to hear something, you know, what I like about, you know, the No More Parties track, obviously, that, you know, you're taking a loop, but then there's also... Like when he sings Lost An- Los Angeles, I mean, he's basically the story of the song is like somebody who mm-hmm. meets a groupie, you know, figures out like that that person actually meant something to him mm-hmm. later. So there is this like emotion behind it. Do you think at all even about the emotion of the songs like that you sample? I mean, what's in them? I mean, how I much mean, do you listen to it? It's all emotion. I don't really think too much. It's just emotion. 
Like, I don't think about it. That's the problem. Like, I'm just, I'm my dad's son, so I just, it's music. Like, you know? Okay, so, so you're, you've said, you've said in the past. Like, I actually did. Every, every time I sample a record, I do the whole record. Like, I sample off the whole record. Yeah, different pieces, you mean? No, I mean, I, I made beats out the whole record. Like, okay, what do you and mean? And they just picked that beat, like, you know what I mean? Oh, you mean, uh, well, explain to me. What do you mean? Do you mean you, you If make I sample a record, I usually make beats out the whole record while it's right there. The whole album? Yeah, every, oh, okay. every best piece of the record. I'm just move on after that. So there might be more tracks than... Oh, I got... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like just 10, this. 10... Yeah. Okay. I don't so, mean it's going to come out. It just means I yeah. did that. I do that. As a form of practice or as a... As a something? Just like shit I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you... When you sit in a session, you said that this is kind of a meditative thing for you. Is it meditation for you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I shut off from the world. Like... It's just something you can't try to do. It's just something that happens. Like you don't know. That's, that's, that's my life. It's a blessing and a curse because <laughs> my time is spent doing that. But I also have a family and things. You know? you know. Well, thank God for the iPad then. <laughs> um, all right. So actually, that beat was made off the iPad. Okay. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I remember seeing, and maybe other people saw this on social media, there was like a picture of Kanye with the Beat CDs, and it was like, you know, thanks for the Beat CDs. He didn't like them Beats. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Kanye. He sent him a bunch of crazy Quasimodo shit. Like. Yeah. But I heard they was battling back and forth like for a couple hours like, over the Beat CDs. Okay. Yeah. But, so you remember what's on that Beat CD? Oh, yeah, yeah. Six CDs. Six CDs. Yeah, these. Gibbs. Gibbs took all of them. He rapped over everything. <laughs> Kanye uh, waited too long. Gibbs rapped over everything. Like, so that basically, those beat CDs is what became Pinata. Is what you're saying? Nah, the new, new, the new one, the new bandana joint. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay, so Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. What um, what is it about Gibbs that that is? He's a good rapper. He's a good rapper. Just like my cousin, we just get along, like, you know. Might shoot you, might hug you. Like, I don't know. Um, so when is, when is the, uh, the next record that you guys are working on? How, how close are you guys to it? Ain't no, ain't no telling. I, I did that with Doom, ain't no telling. Like, we have no, I have no idea. I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah. just, we got tracks recorded, but I don't mean they gonna come out, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, but that's you cool with that. I got 20 that. tracks with Doom. I don't mean they're gonna come out. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you're cool with that, though. I mean, it seems yeah, like yeah, you yeah. have this. You have this sort of, you know, Zen quality about you, where it seems like it's just whatever comes, comes, and when it happens, it happens. My bad. Yeah. Now, Madlib Invasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since when? How, how long has Madlib Invasion been happening? Since I started making beats. As, as far a, as Mad Lib Invasion, but the record label, yeah. it, was, it started like five years ago, something like that. Yeah, around five, six yeah. years ago. So what, what, what was important to you as far as establishing that, that label, your own independent imprint? Just putting out stuff I want to hear, and it has nothing to do with anybody else, basically. 
Now, when you sort of go through, when you kind of go through history um, of independent labels, I mean, I know you have like great reverence for labels like Strata East, Tribe Records. Yeah, they didn't do too well. They were artist controlled. That's, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'd rather they, have that than like, you know, big paycheck. I get checks anyways, but I'd rather have that control. Yeah. So do you have, like, when you and Egon are sitting down and sort of, like, figuring out, like, where it's going to go in terms of what the, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like a mission statement or something like that. I mean, is, is there any kind of, I mean, do you think of it in terms of lineage, in terms of, like, this history? I mean. Mm, not really. Not really. I just do the music and some of it comes out. Stuff that I think should come out. Yeah. So tell us what's what is what is coming out on that on that imprint that you're working on now. Hmm, let's see. I got a that new bandana album coming out with Gibbs. I got a, a producer series with uh, different producers from around the world. Mm-hmm. Like Ono, Pete Rock, Gaslamp Killer. RJ from Slum Village, Evidence from Dilated Peoples. Yeah. A bunch of people, young dudes that y'all, y'all don't know about. Yeah. yeah. Now, let me play you something real quick from this group. I understand you're a fan of this group and you may have collaborated with them a little Who bit. Who is it? Who is that? From Germany, Embryo. Now. 60s, 70s, rock, jazz, man. Psychedelic rock, jazz, soul, everything. So what is it about Embryo that, that kind of caught you? They ear? like all types of music, and they put it all in one thing. Yeah. And you spent some time with them as well working. Yeah, yeah. I got like 10 albums. I got 10 hours of music recorded with them. Like, I'm just on the drums. We all switch from instruments, and we just bug out. And where, where was this? When did this Germany. happen? In Germany. That's just where the band is from, like, right? Like five years ago. Yeah. So when you're in that type of scenario, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I'm not a musician. I'm not a producer, you know. Oh, it was like looking, dudes are my idols. Like, I dig for records, so you know what I mean. Like, these dudes are my idols, and I'm in there playing with them, and they're just showing me what they went through and all that type of stuff. Drinking mad wine with them, smoking trees, and, you know. Yeah. So, Embryo, one of your musical heroes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go through a couple different things and just you just get your. They got mad styles though. That's just one style. Like. Well, that's. I mean, that album is interesting because I guess it's kind of. I mean, I'm not that familiar with the group to be honest. So it's kind of a a far eastern style that they're exploring. It's a German band. They went to India and just sat with all the musicians and. Yeah, and they're also singing in English on that track too. So it's kind of a, just an amalgamation of a lot of different styles. Let's listen to this and let's give me what your impressions are. Just, we're just going to go through a couple different tunes and sit here and listen. So that was uh, Cesar Mariano, right? Married to? You tell me. Ellis Virginia. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and is a Brazilian artist in the Brazilian oh, yeah. record. Oh, yeah. Um, Produced a lot, of all the, like, a lot of Brazilian artists, arranged their records and played on them too. When you hear this, what goes through your mind besides it's funky? Just feels good. Me and Dilla used to bump that whole record. Like, just that's just one little piece. You gotta hear the whole album. Like, just that, you know, mm-hmm. it's good, it's good shit. Mm-hmm. 
to how, listen to or loop up. How often, um, when you guys hung out, like, was it just listening to records like this and stuff? I mean... Uh, yeah, we'd either be digging or listening to each other's beats or record shopping or listening to each other's beats or record shopping or listening to each other's beats, and that's about it. Smokers. Go to the club, go to strip club, whatever. I know people ask you about this all the time, but I mean, what do you, what do you think that... What is your impression of Dilla as a person that maybe people don't, don't uh, necessarily my, talk about enough? He's a fellow alien. Like, he's a fellow alien. He, it's, it's hard to explain. The <laughs> fellow alien. Musical cousin. And yeah. What's the thing that he... He was the king, though. No? What I'm saying, we was still musical cousins. I mean, what, what's the thing that you think he took from being a friend of his, just being a, you know, oh, a colleague a, of his. He's a cool as... dude, man. He's a nice dude, and we like the same type of music, which was probably all types of music. Like, yeah. I give him a crate, he give me a crate. Like, you know, I gave him the loop for Lightworks, he gave me the loop for that, or whatever. Like. Let's keep going and listen to a couple more things. So who was that? Sun Rizza, Sun Ra, the king. Now, when you we were listening to that, you said a couple things. What, what was your observation? What hit what you? What did I say? You said uh, John Gilmore. Oh, John Gilmore on the horn, King. John Coltrane used to study with him because he thought he was better than him. Like, enough said. And the clavinet. <laughs> that song is like from what sixty? Yeah. It's the first use of the clavinet I know, like clavinet electric keyboard. He was one of the first to use electric keyboards. When you sit back and you listen to Sun Ra, I know you're a huge Sun Ra head. I mean, did, was your dad playing Sun Ra back in the house back in the day? When did you start getting into Sun Ra? Mm. Just buying records. I just buy weird covers, look at the cover, and if it's weird, I'm going to buy it. Like, look at the instruments, like, basically. Yeah. But did you know stuff about, you know, just the, the sort of backstory? I about Sun Ra until... Saw like a documentary on him in like 99 or 98, something like that. And from there, I'm right there with him. Like, and Space is the Places, if you saw the film and everything, yeah, that was like yeah, a big, yeah, yeah. was that a big moment for you? I mean, it's because he was so huge musically, like he, it's like every style, every, not too many people did that. You mean just in terms of just the, the jazz stuff, the 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 out stuff, the yeah. the more groove. And the way he stuff. lived. Yeah. Outer space ways, you know. Like are you gonna get a house with aluminum foil out front at some point? I'm just get fat like him. Just kick it. <laughs> Means you're living well then. Um okay, so let me play like one more thing. And uh Yeah, go buy some sunrock records. Alright. Who is this? R O B Rob. Funky and, Rob boy. And this is uh what from, from Africa. That's yeah. uh I think that's uh who's that? Is it, Ni- is it Nigerian or no? That's uh single Michael Jackson. <laughs> Man, he's a he, he's a dad of a famous singer. What the fuck is his name? On this is is on this record. Akon, that's Akon's dad. Akon's dad is on this record? That's Akon's dad. 
For real? Rob, yeah. Wow. Rob is Akon's dad. For real? How come he didn't do that type of shit? Wow. Okay. So were you hip? Were you? <laughs> I'm just playing. Were you just, a, were you just an Akon fan and then you? <laughs> nah, Egon Chase, told me. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, getting records. I mean, Egon's obviously had a, a big sort of, you guys are friends uh, going way back since the Stone's Throw days. I mean, he's obviously, he's, he's, he's worked with you closely over all these years. I mean, Man, fuck Egon. Just <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Yeah, that's my, that's my brother right there. I mean, he kind of hit, he got you. That's you my know, brother. He looked out for me. And... He got you turned on to the wine game now and everything. <laughs> yeah, I ain't drinking Ripple. I'm drinking that goose. So what's Sham the... Pipple. What's the Sham Pipple? Fresh Sanford. Champagne and Ripple mix. Sham Pipple. <laughs> Y'all don't know about that. So what's, what's, uh, what's deeper, the wine game or the record game? Right? Oh, that's the same. It's equal. How so? It's equal because it's all deep. It's always rare shit. Like, all the time. Now, do you feel like your wine game is like on par with your record game? Uh, I'm still minor. Like, I'm, not, I'm not that great at it yet, but I'm learning. Yeah. I, let had... him, I let him pick it out for me, and I get the boxes sent to the crib. Like, okay. Okay. So, because you have, like, <laughs> reputedly you have, like, four rooms of records, right? Yeah. Or four different rooms of records. Yes. So, are, we, are you going to have to buy a new house? I need, again? like, ten rooms. Like, yeah. I ain't enough. Like, but are you going to have, like, a wine wing then, too? Like, for the uh, wine? If I make some money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll work on it. Um, any, any closing thoughts that you have uh, for, for the, the kind folks who stopped through here today? Um, thank you for coming out and thank you for supporting my music whether you just listen to it or whether you buy it if you ain't got no money just download it thank you for listening and thank you well we thank you for being here and thank you for making the music so one more time can we please thank get you off guys. the thank you thank you hey this is Jordan Rothline again Thanks for listening to Couch Wisdom. Before you go, I just wanted to take a minute to tell you a little bit about the Red Bull Music Academy. The whole thing is a world-traveling series of music workshops and events. If you want to find out more, check us out at redbullmusicacademy.com. Also, if you liked what you heard on this podcast and you're not already subscribed, please go for it and consider rating us while you're at it. It really helps other people discover the podcast. Finally, there's a whole world of other great music programming like this to check out at redbullradio.com. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.